Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Okay, everyone, I have a confession to make. Ready? I am a brunette. At least I think I am. I'm not entirely sure though, since I've been highlighting or coloring my hair since I first discovered the drugstore brand Sunnin back in the eighth grade. Since then, I have spent a fortune on hair color, and I am not alone. The hair coloring market in the US is an astonishing $29 billion. That's billions with a B. And as we age and the grays start sprouting, it not only takes oodles of money, but oodles of time to keep the gray at bay. If you are thinking of ditching the dye and embracing your natural hair, meet silver hair evangelist Katie Emery of the popular blog, Katie Goes Platinum. After 29 years of coloring her hair, she ditched the dye and has ideas for helping you do the same. Welcome, Katie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am super excited because uh, going gray comes up constantly in my friend group. We're all, you know, 50, 51, 52, 53. Uh, Some people are really resisting. Some people are getting ready to go gray. Uh, And we are going to spend most of the show talking about this, how to navigate the awkward transitions, you know, the products and tools that help. But I want to start really by asking you about your own story. When did you decide to stop coloring your hair and and why? Okay, let's see. Well, I started getting gray hairs when I was about 16. And like you said, I, I dyed my hair for years, you know, after that. And the last few years I was dying, I started to really resent it. I, I like literally would sit in the salon chair and just fume that I was having to go through this every, it was really every three weeks is how soon my grays would start showing. Cause I have, you know, I had dark brunette hair and I dyed it dark brunette and those uh, silver hairs showed up so quickly. So I'd have to say by the time I hit about 47, I started really resenting having to get my hair colored and it sometimes still drives me a little crazy that I felt like I had to do it. But you know, that is something we all go through because of our culture where youth is so important. It feels like it's not a choice. It's just something you do as you get older. Maybe you start off dying for fun and then you start dying because you feel like you have to. And and that's where I was. And so anyway, um, I kept thinking about it. I kept not doing it. You know, there's this fear of looking older. Sure. And that, that really kept me from doing it. Then I worried about my job, you know, would my boss feel like he needed to get somebody younger, you know, to come in. So all those fears of aging really played into it. But when I hit 50, I decided I had enough and I just said, I'm done. It was almost like a smoker who decides to stop smoking their last cigarette, cold turkey. That's what I felt like. I was like, I'm just done. I'm not going to ever do this again. And it turned out to be like a life-changing decision. So I'm really glad I did it. Sounds so liberating. So, um, and so when you decided to go cold turkey and just stop the dye, what was the reaction from people in your life? Like, what did your husband think, your friends? You know, because people, I remember this when I was a new mom, like people want to tell you their opinions about things. Did you have that experience with, with your transition to gray? I did because I went gray before the pandemic, so I, d- I didn't have the luxury of being at home, you know, in private. <laughs> and pointing gray, at so your head over Zoom and going, totally COVID hair, COVID hair, right? You know. Right. So, but I was out in public. I, you know, I had to be at work every day. And um, so, when, you know, especially when I think when you have very dark hair, it's pretty obvious if you're not coloring your hair, uh, you know, within a few weeks, it starts to really be obvious. So, um 
I got some pushback from people I worked with and it, the, it wasn't unkind, but it was more like astonishment that I would do this. <laughs> and, and just, especially I think because I was going gray cold Turkey and that's definitely not a route for everyone, but my hair was so incredibly damaged after all those years of dying it, it was like straw, you know, and I knew that I couldn't do any salon processes to it because I'd read some horror stories about that. If your hair is very damaged, that's, it's, it's not a, not an, an option. easy thing. Yeah. So you can either cut all your hair off or you can, um, you can go cold Turkey or I have some other secretive ways to go gray, which we'll discuss later, but, um, I didn't know about those yet. So I chose to go gray cold Turkey at work and, you know, at home with all my friends and, my husband was totally fine with it. He saw that I was resentful about dyeing my hair and, and we've been together since we were in our early twenties and he's going gray and he, he was very supportive. Nice. Um, my younger son is on the autism spectrum and he had a reaction I wasn't expecting, which is he became filled with fear that I was dying oh. because I was going gray to him overnight. You know, sure. He didn't understand I'd actually been gray under the dye all those years. For, <laughs> so for him, it was like I went from having dark hair yes. and I was rapidly aging. You know, so so we had to have some conversations uh. about that. You know, but now that he gets it, he he actually really does like it. But um, nobody was really too mean about it. I did have a couple of remarks uh, from people who are. Uh, I don't want to say this in a rude way, but like very elderly people that I know where they kind of lose their filter, and they came up to me and said, like, I don't like your hair this color. You need to go back to dyeing it. Okay. And so I just kind of did what my mom. Always, that's direct. <laughs> I know, very direct. But my mom always taught me if somebody says something like that, you stand up for yourself. So I just said, you know what? I like it. And that always kind of was enough. You know, it's like, oh, well, you like it. Oh, okay. You know, I guess I'll be supportive. <laughs> so right. for the most part, people were okay with it. But it was uncomfortable. You get people wanting to talk about your hair right in front of you. Or maybe they'll like it to your face, but then right in front of you, they'll turn to their friends and say, well, I could never do it. Sure. You know, so it's a little awkward at first. Well, I, I can imagine because when I was prepping for this conversation, I, you know, dove in and did a little bit of research and I read that I think as much as 75% of American women dye their hair. And I actually did read that that number is a little bit in doubt because it came from a study financed by Clairol. But so whether or not it is true or not, you know, even if it's close to being true, that's an enormous percentage of the American uh, population. So you, you wind up being in a smaller group. Like, did you start to find uh, community? Because I know that when, you know, I remember when I talk, you know, talk about being pregnant, the moment you're pregnant, it seems like everyone's pregnant, you know, or if you're having an experience, you really start to find people that are going through that. Did you start to find these like silver sisters? Was it like, were people coming up to you like it was a secret handshake, like we're in this club where we're doing this together or or, or not? Tell me about that. You know, for, for sure, it's totally like that. And um, what's nice is, uh, luckily for me, um, when I started going through this, a friend of mine on Facebook saw that I had posted a, a, a post about this, that I was going to stop dying. And she'd already started maybe six months before me. And so she introduced me to the online Silver Sisterhood, like on Instagram and Facebook, you know, there are a ton of communities. And just having those online friends was really important because especially, you know, most of us don't have a lot of friends who are doing this, at least not two years ago. So um, I didn't have a lot of people in real life that I could go through this with. So having those people online, you know, helped a ton. And uh, some of us started meeting in real life and would have, until the pandemic hit, we'd have um, meetups, you know, and it was just so fun to have a 
a group of maybe 20 women at a restaurant, you know who they are because they're all gray haired <laughs> and they're ranging in age from 20 plus, you know, so it was really important. And that's one of my favorite things about going gray has been this big community that I found. It's lovely. That's super cool. And I know I know those Instagram accounts that you're talking about. And in the show notes for the show, I'm going to put I follow a couple of beautiful accounts of women posting amazing gray transitions, like absolutely stunning shots. And it really inspires you to kind of hit that finish line because you see the potential. So that's actually my next question. So you said that you started going gray at 16. You stopped dyeing your hair at 50. I think any woman listening to this show who's thinking, hmm, I, like, I could be interested in this, definitely wants to know how long did it take? Okay. <laughs> this always scares people when I tell them this. But well, let me just preface it by saying I wanted to have long hair. I didn't want to have short hair because the way my face is shaped, I just never felt like sh short hair was flattering on me. And as a little kid, I wasn't allowed to have long hair because I think it was just too much work, you know. So um, my mom was busy and she had other kids and I was very messy. So to have long hair was just a, a pain, you know. So as an adult, I like to have hair that's at least shoulder length most of the time. And I was willing to cut it a little when I started doing the the gray grow out because I wanted to get rid of some of the damaged ends. So I cut it to like a long lob, you know, like where sure. it's shorter in the back and a little longer in the front. But my goal was to get my hair down to my shoulders. And so to get my grow, you know, my grow out of my gray hair mm -hmm. down to my shoulders with no dye left took me two and a half years. Okay. That's... And my hair grows faster than average. So my hair grows about three quarters of an inch a month. And I think average is a half an inch a month. So this is a big commitment. So, That's a big commitment. It is. It is. That's why it's nice that uh, there are these two other methods I mentioned that can help you go through it without cutting your hair. And you um, did mention you have without, a secret. Yes, you did mention you have a secret method. We are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to hear about that secret method. Menopause is inevitable, but the symptoms that accompany it don't have to be. Meet Kendra, the company that will make your peri-to-post-menopause journey smoother. Kendra has an amazing online quiz, which helps identify where you are in your menopause transition. I so love this customization because my experience with menopause looks different from some of my friends. On the very first episode of A Certain Age, I shared that I never had a hot flash, but I did experience bouts of what doctors call mood instability, what actually felt more like waves of toxic rage. All through April, A Certain Age is exploring the theme of out loud and having candid conversations that no one talks about. Menopause, rage, and dry vagina should probably top that list. I've been taking Kindra's scientifically formulated estrogen-free supplements, and they are helping my sleep, mood shifts, and energy. They also have a daily vaginal lotion for dryness, which people rave about. Kindra's products target all of those frustrating signs of menopause that get in the way of vibrant living. Kindra has a great offer for a certain age listeners. Any first-time purchasers or subscribers get 20% off anything. Use code KD20 at checkout. That's K-A-T-I-E-2-0. Head to ourkindra.com for wellness that works. Okay, Katie, we're back. We're all on pins and needles. What is the secret method that you can use to kind of go gray more quickly and not have to go through a long hair grow out? Okay, there's um, the first method I'm going to tell you about is the dye strip technique. And that is ingenious, and I'd never heard of it. And I think it's it could really work well for a lot of people. Um, I've never heard of this, it. Tell us. 
It's amazing. Um, one of my silver sisters, um, silver is the new black on Instagram, Diana, I uh, interviewed her for my blog, so you can find her interview there, but I also have her post, which is the dye hair transition technique, going gray in secret. So she told me about it. What she did was she didn't want to cut her hair, and um, she didn't want her you know, cold turkey grow out to show in, in public. Sure. So what you do is you take a strip of hair, like right along your root, and this works best if you have longer hair and you have side sweat bangs. If you have very short bangs or curly hair, it gets a little more difficult. But if you have hair that's at least, you know, past your chin and hopefully side swept, what you do is you take about an inch or two on either side of the root, you know, where your part, I mean, you pull it back and you only dye that strip of hair and you, you leave the rest of it gray. So it's kind of growing, it's going gray underneath ah. because when you let go of that black, that dyed uh, part, it lays over your gray hair and nobody can see it. Okay. So it's, it's hard to explain. You really need to go on my YouTube channel and see the video because then you can see the pictures of how Diana and other people have done this. But it, it really is ingenious. And she grew her hair out over, I think, a period of two years, but it was all going gray underneath this dyed hair. And if the gray ever does peek through, it just ends up looking kind of like silver highlights. It doesn't sure. necessarily look like a stark demarcation line, which is what a lot of people want to avoid. Right. Like a salt and peppering almost, which, you know, just feels like more natural. That's how people go gray naturally. We don't start off with a big strip. We, you know, we kind of salt and pepper. That's a cool right. idea. So I think it's, it's a great way to do it. And um, it's nice too, even if you don't want to dye your hair anymore because of the chemicals, at least you're using fewer chemicals. You know, you're just doing it for that one strip. So that's a great option. And then another option, if you are allergic to dye, which happened to Tarla, who I also interviewed on my uh, YouTube channel, she did not want to cut her hair and she did not want to go gray in public because she's a marketing consultant and she does a lot of video online. So she didn't want to have that demarcation line, but she became so allergic to the dye that she was getting blisters and Ugh. rashes and it was terrible. So she actually invested in some very high quality wigs of different colors and she literally just went gray under her wig so while she was out in public on video or whatever you thought she had like beautiful one week it was like beautiful blonde hair the next week it might be beautiful dark brunette hair she kind of had fun with it but the whole time she's going gray under her wig and when she was ready to reveal it to the public her hair was completely gray and gorgeous so oh that was gosh. a nice solution if you don't want to cut your hair and you don't want to go gray in public Okay, th that that sounds like slightly confusing, <laughs> but I okay. think you could probably you could not maybe not to, not your explanation was crystal clear, but like maybe confusing to her her workmates. But I guess you could probably in theory do that same idea by buying like one wig and just w wearing that underneath, and then that's true. Yeah, so that's that's so those are the two secret ways of doing it. And one of the things that I think that everyone listening to this show who's curious about this needs to do is to go look at your website. Because you have a lot of before and, after, before and after pictures, you have a lot of transition pictures. So you can see how people are navigating this. And I didn't realize you had a YouTube channel. So, so this actually, I want to take a minute now and, and talk about that. Like, How did you go from being somebody who's 50 and who just said, I'm sick of dying my hair, I resent the time, I resent the money, to being somebody that has a very popular blog and a YouTube channel about this process? Yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing. I've always wanted to have, uh, you know, something of my own that I was doing. You know, I've always worked for other people. Um, 
And it kind of happened because I was at a crossroads in my life where, um, unfortunately, my husband lost his job and my older son got very ill. And uh, so it was kind of a scary time. And I got depressed, as you can imagine. Sure. Um, and, you know, as I was getting closer to 50, I felt like, you know, what am I doing next? You know, you start to wonder, like, is this it or is there more? And I, I read this book called um, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I've read that book. And it's great. I love that book. Yes. <laughs> I, I really actually do feel like that book changed my life. And it's not like uh, the kind of money book some people want where it's like graphs and numbers and charts or it's not very analytical. It's more emotional. Sure. And that was what I needed. And so she basically said, you know, here's another way to make money. And one of them was blogging. And I kept trying to think about what to blog about, but I just happened to start going gray around that time. I thought, well, I'll, I'll blog about this because I couldn't find a lot of the answers to my questions online or a lot of the pages I was finding at the time, a lot of the posts about gray hair were more the negative, you know, either how to hide it or how not to freak out that you're going gray or how to, that people felt old or ugly. And I wanted to say, I'm actually really enjoying this. Like it can be fun and liberating and it doesn't have to be scary. Right. So that's why I started it to, to empower people to feel good about it. And so tell tell our listeners a little bit. I, I know everyone is like going to be heading there in a minute, click clacking over to Katie Goes Platinum. But what can um, people find on it? They're the before and after pictures, but you offer what else? Like resources, tools, tips? I do. I have um, I have a lot of things on, on there. And I, I actually have, uh, need to be writing more this year, but I'm kind of slowing down because I have a shoulder injury. But um, I have a start here page is the best place to go when they get to my site because it tells you why you, know, you might want to go gray. It links you to an article about that, how to go gray if you have questions about which method is best for you, which is often confusing. So it's really good to stop and think about which method you want to use before you do it. It's just, it's just nice to have it kind of mapped out. You know, um, I have a directory of salons who are either supportive of gray hair or actually help women transition to gray hair, kind of like the Jack Martin salon. You've probably no, seen his work on Facebook. Oh, he's um, he's one of these celebrity salon people who uses chemical processes to transition people to gray hair like immediately. Wow! And obvi obviously, it's not for everybody. You have to have probably healthy hair expensive. to start out with. It sounds very expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is. It can be very expensive, but. A lot of us find that when we go gray, a lot of us end up having to break up with our hairstylist because there are a lot of hairstylists, unfortunately, who aren't supportive of the idea of going gray. They they sometimes have a negative reaction. Like my hairstylist told me I would look old and she refused to even discuss it with me. Okay. That's so nice. um, that's insane. That's that sounds like she's like, you know, that's like a little bit above her, you know, pay grade or whatever that expression is. But, you know, like it's her, how could that be her decision? But I, I guess people when you have a stylist relationship, there's a lot of intimacy and there's a lot of, um, uh, yeah, intimacy. But it seems strange that you weren't getting supported. So how smart to have a list of salons that actually do care and that will work with women who want that. Yeah, I just felt like that was important. And, uh, um, you know, that's one of the number one things. If you don't have a stylist who's on board or makes you feel bad about your decision, um, then it's really hard, hard to move forward, you know. And um, for me, I did that thing that women do. And, you know, you hear about women staying with a bad boyfriend for a long time and you wonder, you know, why are they doing that? I stayed with my stylist probably for another six months or a year after <laughs> after she made me feel this way because it's hard to break up with your stylist. You know, you yeah. have a relationship. 
And uh, every time I came in, she made me feel kind of bad about it, but I kept going back. So now I have a stylist who supports me and I want everybody to be able to find one like that. You know, they're, they're out there. So, um, so the salon directory is another resource. Um, I just started a gray hair confidence coaching uh, where people can either ask me a question and get a quick video response, you know, if they just need a little support or they can actually even book a Zoom call with me and we can talk about it because it's actually a very emotional process to decide to go gray. I can imagine. It brings up a lot of, yeah, you can imagine. So I want to be there for people. I think, yeah, I, that's, it's so interesting because I have, like, like I, I was joking at the beginning, you know, I, I view myself as sort of as a blonde, but I, I feel like I might've tricked myself into believing that because, you know, I did, um, and anyone who's on the, the, you know, who's listening, who remembers Sun in, I mean, you would put this essentially like a shower cap on and you would take like a knitting needle and you would like hook your hair through the holes in the shower cap and then you would dump chemicals on your head. And then of course you looked insane. But I, you know, ultimately, you know, I was kind of like blondish when I was younger. And then I, up, you know, just started turning into somebody who's going to the salons and highlights. And you really like start to lose track of what your hair color is. But you, you begin to see yourself a certain way. So the, the notion of shifting how you see yourself and of, and of um, seeing yourself in a way that uh, society is not really there for. There's so much ageism what you know what was the ultimate reaction at, at you know work you you said that was one of your concerns did people get on board once you'd fully made the transition um or have you have you transitioned your own uh business life into the full-time blog and youtube well i'm still working at my job um but i'm hoping to eventually be able to do that i'm getting close <laughs> so right. we'll see but um the reaction at work at first like i said people the, it was mainly women um told me like they could never do it, but they thought it was cool that I was doing it. Nobody was too negative. Once it was all silver, which is the per, kind of the preferred term for gray hair among us, um, people loved it. But not, I, I didn't see a lot of other women at work deciding to go for it, but um, I've gotten nothing but great reactions from it about it. And um, in my personal life, I've had a lot of people that I didn't even know I was influencing who've decided to go gray because they saw me doing it and they decided to move forward. So I would never tell somebody that they should do this. I think it's a personal decision, but if they decide to and they like it, then I'm happy. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for letting me know that silver. And by the way, I'm going to be using silver from now on because I want to make sure I'm using the right, uh, the right term of art. And I love also the phrase silver sisters. So did you have to make other changes once you went silver? Did you have to learn to recolor your makeup? Did you start wearing different things? Because, you know, different types of clothing look, um, you know, the color affects how we, uh, our face looks and our hair. So did that change as well? Was that part of your transition? It definitely did. And what's funny is when you were saying, like, you're so used to yourself being a blonde that you can't even kind of remember what it was like before. I... Um, kind of forgot what my natural hair color was like. And for years I would dye it, uh, you know, dark brunette, but if you let it fade a little, it always gets those kind of reddish brassy tones. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I would wear beige and some other colors that kind of looked good with that warm reddish brown hair that I had. And now that my hair is growing in, it's actually silver on top and the underneath is almost black. And it's interesting to me because now it, it really makes sense. Like I thought my skin might look bad if I went silver because I'm so pale, but it actually kind of makes my skin glow. And the colors that always looked good on me before when, when I was younger look, look better on me than the other ones. So I can't wear beige anymore. It's too warm for my mm -hmm. skin tone. But if I wear 
like the deep sapphire blue or a hot pink or a dark blue red, like it really makes my silver hair like pop and it's really flattering. So I've gotten rid of all the beige or brown in my closet, you know, but obviously you can wear whatever you like, but if you really want to have fun with color, it's kind of fun to experiment and, uh, and try new things. Same thing with, um, makeup. I am such a darn, you know, really super pale person. Um, bronzer and stuff like that does not look normal on me. So I'm kind of back to the basics, which is like a kind of pale foundation with like a pink, maybe a little blush, um, you know, blues and greens and stuff for eyeshadow. But I'm actually finding to my surprise, I wear less makeup now. I thought I would wear more because my hair was so pale, but actually I find I don't need as much makeup. My skin kind of glows because it's like, it's like reflecting my hair. I don't know. It's weird. So you just no, never know how it's going to turn out. I don't think, it's, I don't think it's weird at all because I, like I, said, I probably follow no fewer than 30 silver accounts on Instagram and the and some of them are you know people's personal transitions through Instagram. They're sort of documenting it. Some are more um, you know curating sites where they they it's a site that maybe features lots of different women and women who've made that transition or maybe still have like maybe are almost white or you know um, kind of silver and black. Everyone's skin looks amazing and their eyes are really popping. And I think it's because you're actually. It, you're doing what you're supposed to be like you're, you're yourself if that makes any sense and so your skin and your eyes are like working with your hair versus if you, sometimes you see people who've like clearly have dark dye it almost drains the color from your face because there's it, there's a disconnect it's like too stark a contrast whereas when you're silver it just it's it's working your your silver hair works with what your what your body's doing i don't know if that's maybe just the way I feel, but I've seen so many gorgeous women. So I, I, I agree with you that, um, that there's this sort of glow that you get when people are fully, fully gray. So how do you care for it? Because I'm talking about like beautiful silver hair that I'm seeing, but sometimes you do see people, you know, in the grocery store moving around and silver hair can turn a little bit yellow or turns purple. You know, how do you guard against some of those mishaps? Okay, well, the number one thing is yellowing can definitely happen to silver hair from a, n a variety of reasons. One is uh, from medication, from um, smoking, uh, from overuse of products, like product, too much product buildup can, can cause yellowing. And the number one probably culprit is using too many hot tools or too much sun exposure. So what I do is I use, um, I only use heat tools maybe once every other time I wash my hair. For me, I wash my hair twice a week. So I use heat tools once. The second time I just let it air dry. And if you do use a heat tool, it's best to spray your hair with a thermal protectant um, because you really want to protect your hair while you're using the heat tool. I prefer to use the Revlon one-step uh, blow dryer brush. So, and that gets super hot. So I use the heat protectant, and I also use it on low. If you are out in the sun, it's a good idea to wear a hat on your silver hair. And if you can't wear a hat, you can use something like Aveda has an SPF spray. I spray my hair all over with that, and that seems to help. Um, and if you've got yellowing and you can't get rid of it, my number one favorite product is Quicksilver Hair Clay. And I buy that from my friend Jolie. She has a great website called quicksilverhair.com. And it's like a kaolin clay that you mix with uh, sulfate-free conditioner and her, she has a hair oil. And I put that all over my hair 
maybe once a month, sometimes more. And it's like a, a mask. You put it on your hair, you leave it on for like 40 minutes. And when I wash it out and dry my hair, my hair is like sparkling. All the product buildup is gone. And that reduces, actually removes the yellowing. It's really the only product I know that removes yellowing. If you just want to reduce yellowing, you can use purple shampoo. But if you overuse it, you, it can actually turn your hair purple. So I, I won't recommend using it more than about once a week. Okay. So those are my, that's my number one consideration. That clay mask sounds divine. So the purple, the purpling of the hair is caused by overuse of the shampoo. So you, you avoid that by not using that, that purple toner. Is that correct? Yes. I actually really prefer the clay, clay mask over everything because it, it's, it doesn't leave any kind of coloration on your hair, but the purple shampoo is a great option. It's just, you don't want to overdo it. It can also be very drying so when I use a purple shampoo, like I said, not more than once a week, maybe, for me, I use it more like once a month. Then I use a, a deep hydrating conditioner such as the Joico K-Pack because that really, you really need to deep condition your hair because that, that purple shampoo, it deposits the purple, which reduces the yellow, but it can really dry out your hair. Okay. And all of these wonderful resources are on Katie's website that I'm going to link to, and I'm also going to put them in the show note. Katie, before I uh, let you go and wrap up, I do want to take a minute to ask you about an article I saw on your website, which is uh, titled something like Seven Weird Things That Happen When You Go Gray. <laughs> and I, just, oh, yeah. I loved the headline because I thought, I want to know what those are. And uh, we may not be able to talk about all seven, but can you share a couple of the weird and surprising things that happened to you since you went silver? Oh, sure. Well, the number one thing is I didn't expect to find it so fun to watch. Like, you know, letting your hair go gray, cold turkey, it's like a science experiment happening on your head. So, I mean, it, I have, so one of those seven weird things is you end up taking tons of selfies of your hair. And every woman I know who's gone gray says the same thing. Like if people looked at my phone, they'd think I was the worst narcissist because it's like all pictures of my hair. I mean, it's just insane. And then I guess the second, like one of the other big weird things was, the, and it was surprising to me because this is not what we're told, is that men find it attractive. Like it turns out, there's a lot of men out there that really love gray hair. And if you're on Instagram, you probably get unwanted messages from okay. them more than you ever expected. You know? Interesting. So that was <laughs> not expected. Um, so that was it. And then I guess if you're kind of a private person, like I'm an extrovert, but I am private when I'm not amongst my friends. It's weird to have your hair become the topic of conversation because it's totally the topic of conversation when you walk into a room and uh, and that's always a little like it kind of takes you aback, you know, it's like, oh, especially for growing it out, you know, sure. once it's all gray, not as much, but in the process. So, so those are just, it just struck me funny one day. It's like, you know, these are some weird things. Those are not weird things. Expected. What's the number one best thing that's, that, uh, that's been an outcome from this? I think the number one best thing is I kind of feel like I've reclaimed that sense of being rebellious that I had when I was in my twenties, you know, like, I never thought I'd become the kind of person who would feel like I had to do anything. And then I was kind of surprised to discover when I turned 50 that I still felt like I had to dye my hair. And then I felt a little rebellious, like, you know, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to do that. So it's it's really been one of the best things is just the emotional, like, liberation. Like, I just feel, like, liberated. I And it makes you think about what else in my life do, am I doing that I don't feel like I want to do anymore, but I felt like I had to do. And then you just get rid of it. And I also think that's a side effect of turning 50. You know, it's like, I'm not going to do things I don't want to do anymore. I 100% agree. And so Katie, how old are you now? I'm 53. I'll be 54 next week. So. 
Okay. And so you had, you, had, you had said earlier in the show that your first grades came at 16. So do you think you could have done this at 16 or did it have to take you till you were older and sort of felt more confident and like just more frustrated that you were putting up with some of this, you know, nonsense and, and, and sort of a slave to your hair? Could you have done it younger or did it happen at the right time? I think it happened at the right time for me. I think when I was younger, I definitely wasn't confident enough. You know, you want to fit in. And I mean, I was rebellious in my own ways, but but letting my hair go gray at that time probably wasn't one of them. But um, now I feel like it's the right time. And when I do see these women in their 20s and 30s going gray, I think if I'd had those kind of role models, I would have definitely considered it. But at the time, I didn't. You know, I didn't even think of it as an option because we didn't see that. Nobody in my family, none of the women in my family over 20 let their hair go gray. So, you know, it's kind of nice. I think it's good for the younger kids today to see that this is an option. Just having gray hair doesn't mean you're old. It's a hair color. And for some of us, it starts as young as five. You know, I've, I've met women who start going gray at five. So, wow. you know, it has nothing to do with age, except for the fact that more it's more likely to see on older people. But we've lived uh, kind of, a, I don't want to say we've lived a lie, but we've lived through several generations of people who hid their hair color. So we don't really know what's normal anymore. So I feel glad to be part of this uh, transformation. I love that so much. One of the articles that I mentioned earlier when I read about Clairol, they I read a whole history about the history of dyeing and when we really embraced it as a society. It really happened in the 1950s when uh, the hair co- uh, care industry really shifted the way we feel about gray and demonized it and then you know turned really an entire generation multiple generations of american women onto you know hair um dye so i'm going to put that article in the show notes too because i think it's just an interesting historical you know perspective on this and i love that you are um being a, a silver hair evangelist and a role model for for uh women who want to embrace this and and be rebellious and, and recognize that going gray is a power move right uh, this has been Definitely. so much fun, Katie. How how can our listeners keep following you and your work? Well, thanks. The The best way for them to follow me is to go onto my website, katiegoesplatinum.com. I have a, a weekly newsletter, and if they go to my homepage, they'll see the sign-up right there. And in the newsletter, I get a little more personal, you know, share more stories. And um, they can also join my Facebook group that I co-admin. It's called Silver Revolution, and I'm on there every day. So I'd love to answer questions or, or be there for people because it's it's definitely a process, and it's a fun process, but it can be scary too. So it's nice to have a community. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. And this also wraps our April shows and our month-long theme of Out Loud, talking midlife topics that don't get enough airtime. We kicked off the month with former Real Simple editor Kristen Van Ogtrop, who talks midlife indignities and how to survive them in episode one. Episode two, Dr. Angelise Kumar covers all things bladder and vaginal health. From bladder leaks to painful sex, she can fix your irksome issues. Professional truth teller and say it out louder, comic Carol Montgomery came on in episode three to talk midlife funny moments. And Candy Emery came and gave us a pep talk and tools for ditching the dye and rocking our silver. Join me next week as we kick off May. We're exploring relationships and how they evolve in midlife. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties.